Hey guys, and welcome back to Leadership on Purpose. I am Blake Bozarth, and this is the show that's designed to help you grow your influence and lead with confidence and with humility. Today, we're talking about winning the talent battle and how can you lead well in a tight labor market. We have another talented executive on the show today, Charlie Bales. He's an exec at ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, a fourth generation family business that he grew up in. If you haven't been to Florida before, you may not know this, but if you have, you've likely encountered their stores. It's an icon of a brand in Florida. ABC has over 150 stores, 1,600 employees, and he talks about how, yes, they're in retail, but ultimately it's not about selling widgets. It's not about selling a product. They're selling service. And in their case, they're selling celebration and how that plays out in the way that they attract and retain talent and the culture that they build. He also talks about how on the front end, when they're bringing someone into the organization, they tell them in the interview process why they shouldn't take the job and why it's not a good fit for most people. A great practical takeaway for leaders to have that transparency and make sure on the front end that they know, hey, here's why we're not a good fit for most people. And in order to really succeed here and to thrive, this is what this is what it looks like. And he has this concept for why you should avoid what he calls warm body syndrome. Love this nugget. I think you will too. We also talk about what does empowerment look like? How do you go about extending trust? And from a personal perspective, there may be some of you out there who have thought about getting an MBA. Maybe you've thought about starting a side hustle. Charlie has done both. So we talk about that. And it's really cool how he shares that his side hustle has made him a better executive. We had a ton of fun recording this episode. Charlie's got a great sense of humor I think you're going to enjoy. Without further ado, let's jump into the show. All right, guys, I'm here today with Charlie Bales. Charlie, welcome to Leadership on Purpose. Thanks for having me. This, this will be fun. Excited for this. And before we jump into our main topic, I'd love it if you could share a little bit about your career story. How did you get to what you're doing today? Sure. Uh, so I'm uh, in the family business, uh, ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. Uh, we're a retailer in Florida. Uh, we sell uh, adult beverages. So what a what a uh, industry to be in. It's uh, I always, whenever I tell people what we do, I always say, yeah, it's better than selling widgets. And one of these days, somebody in the widget industry is going to come up to me and be like, yo, it's not that bad. <laughs> But uh, what but a yeah, business man. to be in during during a pandemic too. I'm sure we'll oh, talk a little bit more I'm, about that. I'm sure we're going to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're, uh, we're 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 retail. We've got 126 stores uh, across wow. the state of Florida. Uh, we're only in Florida, and uh, luckily we're in a uh, beautiful state surrounded by beaches and a growing population every day. So that's a nice problem to have when you're in brick and mortar retail. Um, and we're, we're like the definition of that family business that kind of does everything themselves. You know, we have our own maintenance department. We have our own internal distribution network, our own warehouse, um, which is part of my job function. Right now, I oversee our warehouse. And also, I'm, um, I oversee our HR department. So we, we call it uh, team member services at ABC. Right. So I, I wear a couple of those hats. And um you know, grew up in the business, uh, worked in the warehouse, worked in the stores, ran store operations for a number of years. Um, so kind of, kind of been, been almost everywhere. Um, 
I'm not a marketing person. I don't have a marketing degree. So that's one department that I have not been and probably won't. Luckily, we have I got a really good brother-in-law that does that. That's nice. the benefit of the family business. Um, so yeah, we're uh, uh, I've been in the business, you know, I say for 34 years because that's how old I am. Um, <laughs> but really, I started, I'll say, I was in the warehouse in high school and was in our stores when I turned 21. Um, and then after I got my degree, went and worked for a wholesaler for a year and then came back and it's been ABC ever since. So, you know, call it 12 years maybe 15, maybe 34. I don't know. It depends on who you ask. <laughs> that's, that, that's cool. Well, ABC is an iconic brand in Florida. I can say that as a Florida local and Orlando local. So what we haven't had before on the show, which I'd love to dive into today as our main topic, and there's a lot of tangents we're going to get into as well too, I'm excited about, but what is it like to lead in retail? And especially in um, a retail organization that has grown like your family business has grown. Um, what's unique about retail? Because I know you've also you've also had some other entrepreneurial endeavors, and you've been I know had exposure to other industries as well. But what's unique about leading in a retail environment? Retail is fun, um, you know, because retail is really customer service, or at least that's the way we look at it. I, I'll people will ask what industry we're in, and half the time I'm going to say service which I know we're not, we're not in hospitality. We're not a bar or restaurant. Like we're selling a product, we're retail, I get it. But that's the way that we look at it, that we're looking at a, our, we have the ability to interact with customers on a daily basis. And like 97% of them that come through the door are ecstatic because we sell booze and not widgets again. I know, sorry, widget guys. Um, and like the, the ABC, it doesn't stand for this. We we, we dubbed it in marketing a couple of years ago, but it's always be celebrated uh, because we sell a celebration in a bottle. If you think about it, uh, because again, most people are coming in for a celebratory event. So we look at our, our version of retail as being a part of the service industry, because it's our job. It's our duty to service the guests that walk through our stores and being a part of leadership from that process. It's fun. You know, because a lot of the team members that, that we have that work for us, they like people. They like interacting with people. They like working hard and, you know, making people's dreams come true. So, of course, we still have all the normal struggles that every, re that every leadership uh, for any company would have, because I think that leadership is leadership, really, when it comes down to it. You're leading people. But we have the great fortune that we're leading people, uh, our team members in our stores, that are selling a celebration at, at every chance that they get to the guest. That's, that's cool. And I, I love, I love the way you talk about you in contrast to the widget guy. But what's funny about that too, Charlie, is that a lot of people would think about like the, the definition of the widget. It's so generic, right? But that's the way they typically would think about retail is that, Hey, this is, you're selling a product you're selling a widget. You could say the same thing generically about like you're selling bottles of, of booze, right? But what I'm hearing from you is that that's not at all the way you guys look at it. You look at it as we're selling a service and we're selling celebration, really. Like that's, that's, that's kind of like the higher purpose of what you're doing. And, and the way that that kind of bleeds into your company's culture, I think is, is pretty neat. So let's dive into that a little bit more. So when you're looking to recruit new team members into ABC, what kind of, what kind of talent what criteria are you really looking for in bringing in new team members? Yeah, so it's, it, there, there's a couple of characteristics that I think we look for. I mean, 
one, we're picking up 35 pound to 50 pound cases all day. So, and we get a lot of cases of product. I mean, they're all glass. I don't know why we put vodka and wine in glass, but we do. It's, it's, it's fine. But like, that's really heavy. Um, so you, you've got to want to be on your feet. I mean, we've, we've had people track their steps and it's 20 to 30,000 steps a day that you're going to get in our store. So like you, you, you have to like to be active. Um, and then we, that's, that's probably one of the, I'm not going to say it's step one, because I think that there's a lot of different things that we look for. Um, but in that bucket is you have to like to be active and to be on your feet. We're not the person, I mean, we're, we don't, our stores are not the, um, you know, cashier at the, I'm not, I won't name any retailer, but that just sits there and rings up people all day. You know, you're going to get out on the floor. We're going to front bottles. We're going to make our store look really good. Um, you're going to interact with guests. That doesn't mean you have to be a huge extrovert and love people to work for us because we need all different positions. Um, a lot of the, you know, crazy smart product people that we have, they love the wine and the spirits and the beer because of the art and the craft. They don't necessarily want to sell it. Um, they just love having the information and then they, but they might make a really good trainer inside of our store. They might, you know, they might, once they get broken out of their shell because they're secretly uh, an introvert, but they play extrovert, uh, but they can do that really well. I mean, obviously if somebody is just crazy extrovert and just loves people and loves to bounce around, you're going to work out pretty well in our store. Um, but we don't, you know, it's kind of hit or miss with those, with that type of person, um, because if they are crazy extroverted, we're very seasonal and we're a, a, an afternoon nighttime business. Um, that individual would probably do better in sales and mm. calling on, on a bar for one of our wholesalers or working in the bar um, or in hospitality. So we, we tend to lose people. Um, I'd say about half of them, half of them stay, half of them go. But like, we're fine with that. Because we, we, we don't look at every person that we hire as you need to be here for the rest of your career. Um, but that does happen to a lot of people because our, our environment is, it's, it's, it's hard work, it's fast, it's stressful at a lot of times because it's retail. And we do ask that our team members service the guests. We don't just put a product on the shelf and if you build it, they will come. Yeah. No, if you build it, then you got you know, you, you to pitch to them and, and, and let them hit. Um, we, we're an active participant in that process. So we understand that we're going to weed out probably half of the people that apply to us just because you're on your feet, you're lifting cases, you're interacting with people. If you don't like to do that, which we're going to tell you that in the interview, yes. because one of our philosophies is to try to make you not take the job. So that way, if you actually do take the job, you're excited about it and you want it. Love that. Um, you know, so we're, 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 we're certainly not perfect at it, but there's definitely a mold of a person that is attracted to come work at ABC in our retail environment. But the funny thing is you could walk into, you know, eight different stores in the Orlando area and you're probably going to meet eight different teams uh, and, and people because people are just so different and diverse that work for us. And I think that's part of our culture and we celebrate that. And, and we just, we love it uh, because as, as long as you, you know, like to work hard, you're probably going to do pretty well with us. And if you like people, you're going to do great. And if you respect, you know, our mission and our core values and all those things, you're probably going to do really well. So hopefully that answers. That's no, that's cool. And I, I love the way you talk about 
how will you make it your goal on the front end to tell them why they wouldn't want to work there. <laughs> so you're really screening on the front end. Hey, this, this is what it's like. We're going to be really transparent about that. And Hey, there's a lot of people. This is not a fit for at all. And, but for the people that are those things you just mentioned, you can thrive in this company. There's a lot of opportunities to grow. That's one of the best things about trail stores. You do walk in and there's an energy, there's an energy about it. And that comes from the culture, the values and the kind of talent that you're bringing in. So question for you in Florida, especially post pandemic, as we continue to rebound, the economy continues to kind of heat back up. I think we're seeing this in a lot of places around the country, but especially in Florida and the Orlando area where tourism is picking back up, the labor market is very tight. And we, I, I know a lot of companies are having trouble bringing on new talent. How, how has that affected you guys? And how have you remained competitive at retaining your talent right now? and attracting new talent for open positions so we uh we're, we're no different than you know any big company that uh, in some areas uh, talent retention is not even an issue at all because you're one of the best employers and you have a really great job and the pay is great and then in other areas it's the total opposite um we're we're no different so we have those pockets and you know we just have to work pretty hard to find the right people, you got to dig through a thousand applicants to get to, you know, because we're, we're, we, we do everything we can to not suffer from the warm body syndrome, you know, just to hire to get the warm body. Right. Um, we would rather run a store short with the right people than, than do that, um, which has a cost to it. Because when you're, when you look at yourself in the service industry, you might not be able to give the level of service that you're wanting to give. But if you just hired a warm, body that, that level of service isn't going to be any different um, and we've, we've ingrained that in our managers and in our district managers and in our hiring teams and all of that um, so you know what what do we do to try to retain talent I think was one of the main questions um, we're just we're we're an authentic company that's not really going to uh, be fake to try to keep somebody where and I think that 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 appeals to a certain person that's like oh I, I actually trust my employer I like that they're, they're real people running the business. They're authentic to themselves. Their mission statement is to make everyday celebrations better for our team members and guests. And there's That's a reason cool. why the word team member comes before guests, because we're looking at ways to make the team member experience better. It's why our stores are beautiful. It's why they're well lit. It's why we close at nine or 10 o'clock at night and not two in the morning. Because who wants to work that shift? You know, and there's most liquor stores are open until two in the morning yeah. and we sacrifice a ton of business to close. But I don't want to put my kids working that shift. And that's the way that we look at the business. So wow. I think that as, as team members uh, work and grow with us and really one, once a team member makes it past about, you know, the second or third month to call it the 60 or 90 day statistics are going to tell us that that team member is probably going to work for us for a year or two um, because we're outside of the i'll call it the the younger generation because we, we can't hire 18 year olds you got to be 21 we can't hire the high school kid like Publix can which is is difficult um, so you're hiring a 21 year old and you're also hiring the person near retirement the 62 year old and then everybody in between um we're we're an in-between job you know, we're just, they need a paycheck, they need insurance, but they want to work somewhere nice, but they might do it for a couple of years. We're, we see that a lot of our population are on either side of the coin. It's the younger under 30 that works for us for a number of years because it's fun. 
we have good education, they're learning business and a system, or it's the person who's towards the end of their career that just wants to hang out and, and sell awesome products to really cool people that come through our doors. So at that, that middle ground, we understand who we are. We're a retailer that's going to pay around the middle of what retail pays. We're not going to be Apple. We don't print money, but we're also not going to be minimum wage. You know, we're going to be a little bit ahead of that. But I think that we stay true to ourselves, so our team members respect that. And I think it, it, it makes them want to stay longer and just show up to work for a couple of years and enjoy it. Because we could I tell you, yes, we have great 401k, we have great insurance. Everybody does now. Yeah. That's a necessity. Yeah. So, of course, we have all that. But I think the main reason for us is that we have a really good culture. We got really good people and our stores are nice. Like they're, they're pretty. Our bathrooms are clean. Like people like to work in nice areas. Um, so I think that, I think that's a huge reason. That's, that's so good. I'm glad, I'm glad I let you run there. Um, a lot of great practical examples for how do you build a place of work that people actually want to be at. And especially it's all the more important when um, the talent, the labor market is the way it is right now. It's super tight. So how, how many employees do you guys have, Charlie? Uh, about 1,600 in, in the team holidays. Members. Yep, about 1,600 team members. And then in the holidays, that turns into about uh, 18 or 1,900 because wow. for some reason, people like to drink more around Christmas. I don't Imagine know that. why, but yeah, right? <laughs> Crazy. So with that many team members, how do you go about, and, and knowing that people are naturally, there's natural turnover, there's natural kind of attrition, how are you going about, and you're opening up new stores, probably you're growing, Right. How do you go about identifying new leaders and new leadership talent that can step into greater responsibility? What does that look like for ABC? It's such a great question. And I think if I had the, the end all be all answer, uh, we could probably travel the world and fix all the world's problems, right? But you know what, what we're trying to do is just find the right culture fit because just because somebody is a great operator at a store does not mean they're going to be a great operator over 10 stores because our stores are not Publix or Target. Our stores have an average of eight to 12 to maybe 15 or 20 people in them mm. where your Target and Walmart and Publix have 500. Um, oh. So it's just, it's a totally different animal um, where if, if you, you can lead eight people very effectively, but then when eight turns to 60, that's, that's a totally different ball game. So you, a lot of our managers, a lot of our store managers, they're really good managers of one location. And yeah. I think that we're, we are true to them. We give very positive, but also critical um, and real authentic feedback. Like we just don't lie to people. I think that's why people respect a lot of our leadership because we're not just going to um, ignore the facts and not give real feedback. Like we're, we're going to talk to people and we're going to tell them like, all right, I know that you want to be a district manager, but let's talk about what that means. We're going to explain to you the job. Um, and then for certain people, they weed themselves out and then they just want to be a store manager. And you can make great money being a store manager for us mm -hmm. and have a very compelling career. And it's crazy how many of our managers work for us for 10, 20, 30, 40 years. It's wow. nuts. Um, but, you know, to answer your question about how do we get the right um, leadership you know, the, the team members into that leadership channel, it's more of personality and it's more of the culture fit. And, you know, we, we have three core values um, 
They are uh, respect, inspire, and empower. And you know, I could talk for days about what that really means, but just for the sake of time, um, you know, respect is respecting yourself, respecting the company. But first, all respect starts with yourself. You must respect yourself, and then respect by respecting yourself, you're respecting the team, you're respecting the executives, you're respecting the ownership, you're respecting the guests. Um, by doing that, you're going to inspire others. You're going mm -hmm. to inspire yourself. Um, so, you know, there are interview questions you can ask to get that out of people. And then also you can watch them lead for a year or two or 10 to see that they do that. But then lastly, empower. I mean, we're a family owned business. We don't have, we don't have to answer to wall street. Um, and we are, we don't have many levels. We've got 1600 team members, not 16,000. Um, so it's a very flat, flat organization. So there's a lot of empowerment. You, you get, I mean, when we hire people from the Disney's and the targets and the Walmart's, I usually just being in HR, I get to talk to them and I get their feedback. And it's, it's crazy how many of them say the same thing. I can't believe this is y'all's culture. I feel so empowered to do things that I would have never been able to do things at this other organization. And like, that's part of that's intentional um, for sure because we want people to be themselves. But also part of it is recognizing that you can't do everything yourself. You have to rely on the team members. And in order to figure out who can help you, you got to give them the opportunity. And when they fail, you know, instead of chastising and reprimanding, you just say, cool, what did you learn? Um, so it's, it's, it's identifying the manager that exemplifies those three values, which is actually very easy to do if they've got work experience with us for a couple of years. Um, where if we hire somebody from the outside, it's much more difficult. Uh, but of course, we're, you know, you're going to be wrong half the time. Um, I can think in my 12 years here that some of the people that we've promoted, you just you scratch your head after they get in the position. But actually, for the most part, most of our promotions have worked out pretty, pretty well. Um, again, not to say we're perfect because we're not, but we, we do the best we can to follow our three core values. Uh, I love that. I, I love this concept of empowerment. And we're just talking with David Kinsale, who I was telling you about before. And he has this concept of how do you scale autonomy, which is the same, like how do you scale empowerment in an organization? And hearing you talk about how, yeah, we're a 1600 person organization, but we intentionally keep it fairly flat so that people feel empowered to make decisions and take care of the customer. And that in turn creates a culture that people, you hire people for their, for their brains <laughs> and for their, for their intellect too. And, uh, to, to have a culture where they they can't make decisions, they have to check with three levels up in order to be able to do something kind of defeats that purpose. So a, a culture where they're actually, you're giving them opportunities. So I heard you say, like sometimes it, you know, it, it hurts sometimes to trust and to be able to give the opportunity to make decisions because people can fail. The best way to know if you can trust someone is to trust them and to see like, hey, I'm going to extend this to you. I'm going to be as a leader. As speaking to speaking to the people listening, the leaders listening to this. As a leader, that's our job when it comes to empowerment is to extend that trust. And it doesn't mean that it's going to be perfect, but it starts with, hey, are they going to be responsible? You have to give them that opportunity. So that really resonates. So I want to move to a couple of other topics that I, I think are unique to you that I'd love to get your opinion on. The first is. Talk to me about MBA versus starting a business for someone who wants to really grow their business acumen. 
you've done both. So how do you think about going the MBA route and versus starting your own business? How do you, how do you think about that? I think there's value in both, but it probably depends a lot on the individual. You know, my, my opinion is that the NBA was crucial in my development uh, because it showed me what I really like, what I, what I want to do. Um, it, 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 it catapulted me into the HR department, you know, team member services of HR, or I'm sorry, of, 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 uh, of ABC. Yeah. I was in store operations when I was getting my MBA and I, gra- I got a general MBA. And um, so what that means is it wasn't finance. It wasn't accounting. It was everything. I had like two or three classes of everything you can think business, marketing, all of that. But I did the best in supply chain and organizational behavior and entrepreneurship and leadership development. And it's like, huh, all of these have an underlying theme, people, um, and, and not, not necessarily processes or dollars, even though I, I like finance. I mean, that's just some, I'm just a numbers guy. I like it, but I'm more of the heartbeat guy. I like, I, I like the, I like interacting with people. I like listening to people. I like getting feedback and I like helping them. You know, I think that that's probably my why, which my experience of getting my MBA helped me determine that. And, um, I, I, I also, I have, I have a side business. Um, it's selling supplements cause I'm a health guru, right. um, but where, where that came from, um, was from getting the process of my MBA. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go start a business. I can do this better. There's that naive entrepreneurial spirit that actually love fuels. It. I mean, it, exactly. Like that, that's what fuels our economy. If you get yep. down to it. So, you know, you have to have that naivete, if that's a word. Um, but I think that what I learned, I, I certainly learned more of how to operate a business by starting one. However, I learned more about myself and what my passions are and what I need to go into through the education system. So I, I think they're kind of compliments to each other. And I recognize that most people on the planet are not going to have the opportunity to do both. So it is kind of an either or question. So I completely respect that. And if I had to give just a flat out answer, um, I would say to start a business Hmm. and then try to learn the things that an MBA would teach you on your own, which is extremely difficult. But we do have this thing called the Internet and (laughs) and everything on it is almost free or hire a coach to walk you through you know, personality assessments and what your top five core values are and what your personal mission statement is, because I got that experience through my MBA. Mm. Um, when that, that's where I got the most value out of it. And, you know, you learn basic accounting, you learn basic finance, but you could get a class on Udemy, you know, for $14 online. So, you know, I, 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 I guess that I'm probably more pro starting a business, but if I am, it's like 60% in the no, MBA it's- 40 it's cool because you you've done both and how many people have, have really done both and held a legitimate quote unquote corporate job, the family business, but it's a large company. It's, it's a lot, it's a lot of experience wrapped into one. What I love about your bottom line though, if you had to choose is that you can think of it in like, I mean, an MBA is not cheap, right? Especially if you're going to a legitimate school, I mean, it's not cheap. Starting a business can be, it can be kind of gut wrenching because it's a lot of risk, right? But if you look at it like, Hey, this is my real world MBA, my practical MBA. And I'm going to invest the same tens of thousands of dollars, whatever that ends up being that I could have spent 
um, in the education system, I'm going to put that into a business. And yes, it may not work, but if you look at it, like this is a learning opportunity, I actually love that angle, Charlie. Talk to me because you are a natural entrepreneur too. Talk to me about what does it look like to apply that entrepreneurial kind of mindset within ABC and like the, the entrepreneur, if you will, what is, what does that look like? Yeah, I think that starting my, uh, since I'm a millennial, I'll call it my side hustle because that's what the cool kids call it. Um, so since starting that, uh, I think it's made me a better executive at ABC uh, because ABC, to your point, we're a big company. Uh, we're, we're that weird mid-sized company, um, but we're, we're very large and we're a big boat. You don't turn a big boat very quickly. Um, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, we've always done it this way. Um, which rightfully so, we've been in business for 85 years. So clearly what we're doing works. Um, And that that credit goes to our current leadership team, which is our third generation. I'm the fourth generation. Our our third generation deserves a ton of credit. Um, But what my real world experience of starting my own business and trying to market and sell a product over the internet has brought to ABC, it's just a different perspective where it's not brick and mortar, so I can bring that into ABC. It's, it's understanding that the, the consumer needs of delivery and home delivery and just being able to question things. So it's not so much that I'm contributing more, but it gives me a different lens to look through and question um, that if, if, if more of the bigger corporate giants of the world had, and I think that's why they're hiring a lot of these young whiz kids that are coming out of uh, the best schools that have started their dot-com bus and why they're buying them and everything is to gain that perspective because, you know, it's, I, I think you need both. I'm not saying that the 62 year old who's been there and done that for 40 years is right. And I'm not saying the 22 year old or the 32 year old is right, but imagine if you put them both together. So that's what I've been able to contribute to ABC through the lens of a you know, very new entrepreneur in this high-tech e-commerce world that we live in. I, I love that. And there's a takeaway. If you're listening and you've always kind of thought about your side hustle, that it can make you a better executive in your in your big company job. And you can't you can't actually do both, which is like a lot of a lot a lot of more millennials, a lot more millennials are doing that and choosing that. Really cool. Hey, before we let you go, Charlie, I want to hit you with some of our closing questions. You've touched on your why a little bit. I want to give you a chance to articulate what is your why? What is it that drives and motivates you? So I, um, I'm sure your listening base is familiar with uh, Simon Sinek, um, yeah. and he, I'm a huge fan of his, and I am just going to ruthlessly steal his why um, to inspire others, to inspire themselves. And, mm. you know, I've, I've tried to reword that before, like, I, I want to inspire others. It's, it's too good. Know, yeah, to just be a better version of themselves. But I think hopefully, like when I get to meet Simon one day, I'll just tell him, listen, I completely stole your why. You gave it to me. You put it on the internet. I bought your book. So I, I deserve it. And thank you. And I'm going to do everything I can to uphold it for you. <laughs> I think he could respect that. No, that's that's so good. I, I, I love I love the way it's, it's inspiring them to inspire themselves. That's 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 deep. I love that. So what's one way, if you could choose one way, Charlie, that you've grown as a leader since you started in your career, what, what would that way be? Oh, that's so easy. Um, I think that I was trapped in this, well, I shouldn't say trapped, but in America, we teach the youth um, all about individualism. 
and, you know, do it yourself, be this American made dream, you know, be the tough guy or the tough girl. Like you don't need help. That's such bogus and so wrong. In my opinion, you, you have to have help and support of your team and of others and of your support staff, especially as an executive. Like I, if I didn't have the team that I have and the direct reports and the assistant and the loving wife at my house that supports me, I'd be completely broken. In, in, in every way. So, I mean, I think the biggest takeaway, just it's okay to say you don't know and ask for help and then, you know, just swallow your pride and don't, don't be an individual. Just, just ask for help. That's good. That's good. And I can totally resonate with that. It's actually on one of the, that's one of the goals of my personal growth plan is ask for help more often and holding myself to that. Um, if you could sit down, it's a fun one. If you could sit down with any leader past or present, which leader would you choose? That's such an unfair question because I want more than one. I want cake and ice cream, but <laughs> since I can, since I can only have one, um, I'm I'm such a big Tony Robbins fan. I, I think that he, he don't ever call him a motivator because he's not a motivational speaker. Speaker. He just says that he's the why guy, and I just I feel like if I got ten minutes with him my head would explode from the amount of information that you could learn just about humans in general. I mean, the guy has coached and developed millions of people. He feeds the world. He's one of the most general, generous human beings on the planet. And I, ever, I have a list of videos on YouTube that if, if ever I'm down or if I need to get pumped up, I just go listen to TR, good old Tony Robbins. I mean, so I'd love to sit down with him. That's a great choice. We haven't had that one yet, but he is an absolute legend. Love that choice. Do you have, here's the last question for you. Do you have a personal BHAG that you're going after these days? A big, hairy, audacious goal that you're shooting for? Yes, uh, I absolutely do. Uh, I almost don't even want to say it because it's, because <laughs> then it puts it into the universe and you have it to do it. Um, so the goal is like, I want to go to and win uh, for my age division, the CrossFit Games. Um oh. So I'm a, I'm a career athlete. Um, I played sports in high school. I played sports in college. Um, and I didn't take great care of myself in, in college. So I got hurt a lot and that mm -hmm. ended my career prematurely. Um, and that's why I have this supplement side hustle business because it, it actually works. Um, so like I'm in pretty great shape and health now, but like, I just, I just watch these guys and gals at the, in the CrossFit community. They're so inspiring. They're so strong. They're, they're just unbelievable athletes. And like, I just want to be with them and like, I'm pretty close, but I'm not that close because the, you know, to, to eclipse the top 10%, it's, it, that's the hardest thing. And then to get to the top 1%, uh, but I mean, that, that's a part I've been doing CrossFit for four years now. And I'd, I'd say in another four years, I might have a chance in my, in my older age group because I'm not 25 <laughs> anymore. Um, but that, that's the crazy goal. I would just love, I love to it. compete with them and just be in their league. And uh, it, just, it just it gives me goosebumps even thinking about I, it. I can see you taking on Rich Froning right now. Um, amazing. That's, that's, that's a heck of a BHAG. Um, before we let you go, where can our audience find you? Where's the best place to look you up? Sure. Um, my, uh, I'm, I'm, in, I'm on LinkedIn. You just search my name. That's probably best. Shoot me a message. I respond to everything. Um, I'm also on Twitter. I think I'm hysterical on Twitter. Um, 
it's just my initials C E Bales. And that's also Instagram too, but I'm not that big on Instagram. I just post funny pictures of my kids. Um, so one, one of those outlets, and I'd love to talk to anybody that wants to talk. I just love talking to awesome people like yourself, Blake. This has been really fun. Hey, this has been a blast. Thanks for coming on the show, Charlie. Can't wait to see what you guys continue to do at ABC and on the impact you continue to have, man. Thank you very much. What would it mean for your organization if your leaders became significantly more effective? At CoThrive, we help good leaders transform into exceptional leaders. And we do it in a way that builds camaraderie and deeper connection to your company for a fraction of the cost of less effective alternatives. If you're interested in learning more, find me on LinkedIn and just shoot me a message. As always, guys, keep leading on purpose.